Hey, Supers. Welcome back to another Shark Tank, Tank Tales. I have two wonderful entrepreneurs who were just recently on Shark Tank, like this past weekend, with the one and only Kevin Hart. That uh, was absolutely, as a Philly boy, uh, absolutely incredible. Very proud uh, of him and, and you know, for the city of Philly and, and all that. Um, anyway, they are here to talk from their pitch for Meet Candy or Candy, K-C-A-N-D-I. I know how to spell and do math. I do that. I need, wherever you are right now, I need some super claps. If you're on the bus, in the bathroom, I don't care where you're at. Give some super claps for super Keithan and Keontae. Woo! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. You are very welcome. Thank you for reaching out. Like I, that's uh, it's it's so awesome when the, the, the things actually come together and the things that you plan to happen. Actually, you put it out into the universe, and what do you get? Right? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, any chance we can get to talk about our business uh, is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Ding ding for that. Uh, so, first off, I want to say. Your story, super inspiring. I love the passion and the drive to want to do more, do better. That's what the whole super thing's about, right? Being being super yourself and bringing it out of the people around you. And I and I loved. Uh, we said if you if you're not do, if you don't do school in three years, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, I, you know, as as a as a tw- as a two time uh, dr- college dropout, uh, I I can you know with the um, experience that I've had in in the last few years. I can absolutely appreciate that uh, going and, and just, you know, crushing it when you go and make that decision to do something. Thank, Thank you. No, you. we appreciate that. No, we definitely appreciate that. It wasn't easy, but we did it. Oh, well, look, anything worth doing is not, is not easy, right? People can make it look easy, but it, it is certainly not easy Fair at point. all. Fair point. So uh, we, we heard about, you know, how you got started with Candy in, in the Shark Tank episode, but how did Shark Tank get involved with you or you get involved with Shark Tank? Did you yeah, reach so out to them or apply? Yeah, it's typically there's two ways people get on Shark Tank. Either you audition or a producer reaches out to you. So in our case, uh, producers reached out to us. We didn't have to audition. And I think, it, it, you know, it can't, in one of the videos they mentioned it this week, you know, that every season – 20 to 30,000 companies pitched to be on Shark Tank every season, right? I think it was uh, 150 companies actually get the opportunity to pitch. And then from that 150, um, uh, not all of those air, right? So you're just, just talking about how, how hard it is to get your show to air. You go from 20 to 30,000 pitching, 150, 20 to 30,000 asking for the opportunity to pitch, 150 actually getting the pitch, and then even a smaller amount of that that actually gets aired on TV. And so it was a uh, Super, we're super fortunate to be able to get air. Yeah, I mean that is a that is a big thing. And I I haven't come across any entrepreneurs that um, were like, "Hey, I, I pitched, but I, my episode never actually aired yet." So maybe maybe somebody will reach out. You know, watching this video right now, and we'll reach <laughs> out because I would love to hear that story too. Right, having those stories that just didn't make it on the air. Yeah, I think it may be another. tough. I mean, j- j- you know, without saying too much, I think there's legal protections around why, why you probably haven't had to have. Mm. And, and yeah, I mean, and, pro- and, and quite possibly, right? And that's because uh, they, I mean, they don't want that stuff to be out, uh, you know, especially because they could, air, in the case of last year, they aired an episode from the previous season. Uh, I forget 
it was because if you look at the production notes, it's like season 11 or yeah, season 11 when they aired it in season 12, because nobody had masks on and everybody was close to, you know, the sharks were all on top of each other. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. So, yeah, I've always said, uh, you know, I told Keontae that I said, I wonder what it, what, it, what it would have been like pitching in a prior season, you know, before COVID and everything like that, because obviously with COVID, you know, it's no secret that everything is much more buttoned up, much more, you know, uh, protected. And so I imagine the experience probably was a little little bit more enjoyable for people who pitched in prior years pre-COVID. I would tend to think so. Uh, I mean, but you guys even had it easy compared to 12 season 12, who had to quarantine for 10 days in a hotel room and practice before, prior to being able to walk out onto the yeah, floor. Yeah. I, I think the, I think they pissed in Vegas, right? I, they I, were in I, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. They're like the Venetian. So first off, the Venetian is our favorite hotel in Vegas. It's where uh, we stay every time we go to Vegas. And so the idea that I would have been quarantined at the Venetian in Vegas is, does not sound like a negative thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever stayed, but they literally have the best hotel rooms in Vegas. All of their rooms are suites. It, it, I mean, it, it's literally oh, are they? first place I, to be. I've been there. I just have never stayed there. I think we stayed at Treasure Island or something like that. Oh, so right yeah. across the street. Yeah, no, Venetia yeah. is, is, is amazing. I mean, if you, if you Google it, it, it's, you know, regularly listed as one of the top places to stay in Vegas. I love it. I, I mean, compared to Treasure Island's fine it was okay <laughs> you know it was probably it, a lot cheaper you know than it was more budget conscious than uh staying at the venetian um so it was, it was, it was fine but we could walk we got to walk through it and and, and all that but yeah. uh so no that that so that's awesome so they reached out to you they found mm-hmm. they found you and then you when when did you actually pitch was it in like may well we can't talk about dates but it was a couple months okay. before we before we went on uh the show okay so like two or three months before all right, cool. So, um, so wh- tell me, what was your experience like with Shark Tank prior to that? Had, were you both of you Shark Tank fans? Like, had you never yes, watched the show before? We were. We were wa- I remember when it first aired, like years ago, when we were in college. So we used to watch it heavily then. So to be able to be on the actual show was amazing. Like we said before, we've seen these people on TV, but now we're in front of them. We were like, oh my god, this is real. So yeah, and for us too, like especially when the show initially aired, and like we watched it years ago, like. We, neither one of us saw ourselves as entrepreneurs. Like, you know, and I always say that for us, our prior business, Instant Speakers, is what kind of got us off the bench in, in the game. But we never, you know, some people you talk to are like, hey, I've always wanted to be my own boss. I want to be my, I always want to own my own company. That was never our story. Like, we never saw ourselves that way. So when I, when I was watching Shark Tank years ago, it wasn't like, oh, one day I dreamed to be in front of the sharks and pitch my business. Like, that just never, at that time, that wasn't something that I aspired to because I didn't necessarily care about being an entrepreneur per se. So, so it was more, more, maybe more about the products, the experience. What, what? Yeah, it was entertainment. I mean, watching Shark Tank, I'm like, these people are crazy going up here in front of the people trying to pitch their ideas and seeing like Mr. Wonderful trash their ideas. I'm like, I can never do anything like this, but we, we had the opportunity. So it was, it was very exciting. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It was like, you know, as someone who I think, you know, being uh, in college and I obviously having professional aspirations and then even in law school, I watched it a lot. You know, so I was interested just from a business perspective because I just, you know, enjoy business. And, and obviously it's a show, so they make it entertaining. Right. Um, so I enjoyed it for those reasons. But definitely, you know, you have no choice. If you watch the show, you have no choice but to feel like a shark. So you you, you know the rhythm of the show. You're asking the questions. You're answering the questions. Right. You know, you're, you got commentary similar to your show. Right. I mean, I think your show 
uh, is similar to what everybody does at home who watches the show. And so that's why we, you know, while it was a little critical at times, we didn't take it personal because we understand that like, that's what everybody does when you watch the show. I try, I try to be as fair and as, as, diverse about it as I possibly can. Right. And try to think about things from different perspectives. And I try to be respectful too, because it's, you know, while the sharks in some ways are playing characters, you aren't, (laughs) you you, you know, you are the real people there. They, uh, you know, like they're real people too. I'm not trying to say that people, but you know, they're, it's part of a production of a show that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, so I, you know, I, I try, if I'm going to be as super hypercritical, I try to be more critical of them than, you know, than the people and, and try to keep it uh, objective to the business, you know, as, as, as a whole and what could be that next step or what could be, you know, something that to be done. And uh, so, I mean, so I try to be, so I, I guess I wasn't no, too, it's, it's you know, too critical. So. We kept talking all the time. If you you got to take, if you want to take the good, you got to take the bad, you got to take the in between, right? It's like, it all, it, it's all part of the package. Good, bad, ugly, medium, gray, black, white. Well, you know, you got to take it all. So if you want to enjoy the, the, the spoil, the, you know, the fruits of the, of the labor, you got to enjoy all the other stuff that comes with it. 100%. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I deal with that kind of stuff all day long in the comments <laughs> where people were like, shut the heck up. Like, nobody cares. Like, okay, cool. Like, nobody cares. All right. What a Floyd Mayweather quote from years ago. He said, some people pay to watch me win. Some people pay to watch me lose as long as they're paying. Did- that's, the, that's the thing, right? You know, uh, I, I, I like the, uh, the 50 cent quote, the, uh, the, the let, let him hate and, and watch the money pile down. Right. That's, that's how I view it. Like, and that's why yeah. I always come at it from a, you know, I, I don't even try to engage it so much as I just say, I appreciate you watching and commenting. Right. And that's, and that's it. And if it makes them mad and they watch 10 more videos because it's mad, maybe they'll start to actually listen and it'll start to have the breakthrough. Like so many people that have watched this channel have. And but it's so funny. Is, I would say though, um, you know, our, our perspective on like, you know, I, people that troll on social media, I, I just always wonder, like, there has to be better things to do uh, with your time in your life than to be like an internet troll. I, I just find it, I don't know. I just, I, I think most, uh, the average person that's like on social media, you see something you don't like, you keep scrolling or you keep going or whatever. Uh, the people that actually take their time to like write crazy things or say, you know, uh, mean or, or ill-spirited things, I just always wonder like, what, what does that life look like when you're in your you know, mom's basement as, at 43 years old, like eating Captain Crunch? I mean, I just... <laughs> Is that how you picture it? <laughs> Getting shots fired. I, uh, I'll tell you, I, while I do not engage in said conversations, I do read those conversations because yes. they are, it's so funny. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, YouTube comments are different, a little different because it's, it's very anonymous. But when you look yeah. at Facebook and it's like, you're putting your name to some of yes. this stuff that you're like actively putting out there for everybody. And look, I know people that do dumb things like that, including oh, my own family members. And I'm like, yeah, y'all got them. I'm not saying a name, but dad, stop. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody. Like, seriously, stop. You're doing more harm than good to everybody. The only person that's getting anything out of it is this guy. Well, if it was, if you weren't related to me, yes, me, exactly. this guy, because I'm reading it and having a good time eating the popcorn in the comments, right. you know, no uh, you know, it, it, it's just wild. Right. And, and I think it comes back to skin in the game, right? If you don't feel like you have anything to lose, then you, and you put things out there like that. And again, anonymous aside, uh, yes. through like Twitter or whatever, right. 
Um, you, if you don't feel like you have anything to lose, then yeah, you're going to say whatever's on your mind. And it's like, well, yeah, but like other people are going to see this and your name yes. is on this. And that's, <laughs> that's really what you want to put into the world. Like, it's just anyway, anyway. So how did you guys go about preparing for Shark Tank? Did you watch a whole bunch of Shark Tank? Did you, you know, what, what, what was your pitch preparation looking like? That's that's what I'm really curious about. Yeah, I think it's um, what most people, contestants would do is watch the episodes. You try to predict questions and obviously, you know, your business, but, you know, how what are they going to ask you to try to trip you up? And that's I think that's what we were focusing on. Like, obviously, we're comfortable with our numbers and things like that. But what other thing can they possibly ask us that we might not be prepared for? So, you know, I watched a few seasons and tried to (laughs) get prepared for to see what that could possibly be. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, it's just making sure that you know, you know, your data and your numbers cold, right? Like we know our numbers, but you got to think about the numbers that maybe you don't track that they care about, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're you're looking at your your analytics stack and you're trying to figure out, okay, here are the things that we care about, right? But what are the numbers that they got that they're going to ask about? Let's make sure we know those numbers in and out. And right, and I, and I can't tell you said what you're really trying to do is you're trying to predict any and every question that they may ask and make sure that you know how to answer that question, but you're also ready for the rebuttal. And so I think that our preparation was, was really good in terms of just knowing all the questions that they would ask, but also being able to have a response for that rebuttal. And I think a lot of times people prepare. It's like, oh, they're going to ask me, you know, uh, what's my average order value? Okay, I know my average order value is $100. But you don't think about that, like, sort of, what's the next question after that? What's the good question after that? Like, it's like the softball, the, like, hey, I like you, and, and, and here's the softball. But then what's the, like, Mr. Wonderful, like, um, you know, the the truth is in the numbers and and this that isn't right and it's a stupid question, right? And so we we played all scenarios out. It, it, it is it is so hard. And one thing that that I you know I've been told by doing these interviews is, and you kind of hear it too, especially in the older the older seasons like seasons two, three, and four. Um, there's a lot of crosstalk, right? And I know that they're like they're like sometimes shouting over each other, especially this, you know, these last three seasons where they're separated. So they're trying to raise their voice a little bit um, in some cases, and in some cases, not raising their voice and expecting you to hear them from you know even further distance away, uh, and and then like trying to do the crosstalk thing. And, and I mean, look, I always give credit to to the editors. Uh, they're world class editors and producers over at Shark Tank because being able to find the storyline and then build the whole like pitch, you know, 10 minutes around that is not as an edit, as an editor, uh, editor myself, I know it's not necessarily easy, even though they set it up, they, you know, do all the pre-production work to make it as simple as possible. And, uh, and those, those cross things, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like answer, you know, who do I answer? When do I answer? And you see it like all the time, but they're like, well, you didn't answer me. And, and look, I mean, we all know that every, you know, they're there for 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. And it's like tw- 10 minutes can go by. But, uh, you know, from every person I've interviewed, the the, the time on the carpet is lo- is quicker than you think. Like, you're out there 45 minutes or an hour, but it feels like 10 minutes. That is, that is no truer words can be said. It is literally... Uh, it goes by so so fast. Like literally, you look up and you're and you're walking out, and you're like, it felt like it was five minutes, right? But it literally was forty five minutes to an hour later, and that is kind of crazy. But I think part of it is, you know, you once it starts, right? It, it's just full motion, right? You're answering questions, you're doing rebuttals, like, and so you lose track of of the, of the clock time, and you're just, you know, locked in trying to get a deal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember. Um, when we walked out shortly after, I, I told Keith, I was like, I don't know what I just said. Like, it just happened 
so quickly. Like, what just happened? So it was it was pretty cool to be able to take a break afterwards to like try to take it all in. And that's the and, and that is the the part that you know if if you could redo or you try to like it happens so fast that you don't really get to like relive the memory as much. Like it's not as clear as you would think, right? So like watching the episode, we were excited to watch the episode because like a lot of those memories go away because it happens so fast. And and when you're in there, you're not savoring the moment. You're pitching, you're talking, right? And so those moments, those sort of natural memories that you think you would have, they're kind of gray because everything happens so fast. You know, you, both of you, did either of you play sports at all? I played uh, football in college. You, look, I I didn't play sports too much growing like as as a kid, but then like when I got to like high school, it was over for me. But then I picked up hockey when I got to like my twenties, right? And we would talk about the games afterwards, and they'd be like, "Well, do you remember this play and that play and this and that?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I don't remember any of that." Man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe if I scored, I would remember like the the <laughs> second and a half before that happened. But that's about it. Like, I just for me, I, the short term memory loss thing because things are happening so fast that, and you're not seeing it from top down, right? Like you're not watching yourself on a camera or on a, on a screen top down in third person of like what's happening in the moment. Exactly. I can't, it, you know, I, I could, I can remember a football game watching it better than I can being in the moment. Cause I'm more worried about like, okay, I'm breathing, I'm running, I'm got to do this. I got, you yep. know, that's the things I'm worried about. Not remember remembering what the heck happened absolutely and you mentioned earlier too like the other part that you're like excited about and trying to figure out is you know you're pitching for 45 minutes to an hour and they dwindle that down to let's say an eight to ten minute segment right and so you're wondering like what 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 was kept like what yeah you know what was the storyline and i think that you know they do their best but i think you know you know every person that's ever been on any tv show probably has a complainer a complainer too about what was edited or what, you know, how it was edited. I thought that our edit was very, very fair, um, but obviously it was a lot more that we talked about. And so you're, you're, you're super excited. Like, well, what did they choose and how did they set these moments up and, you know, the sequence of events and things like that. So that was pretty cool to see as well. I mean, for insight as an editor, like if I was doing it, I would start at the end. What's the end result? And then work backwards. Cause then you can build the story off of like how it went. Cause then, right. cause there's, there's definitely instances where, uh, you know, I was talking, I forget who I was talking to. They're like, you know, I can't believe this didn't come up in the episode. Like we talked about this, you talked about it in your, in your reaction video, but it didn't come up. And it's like, well, because it didn't fit the narrative right, of, exactly. of where they were of going the with it. Right. Yeah. It didn't fit the outcome. And, and the other thing is, is you don't want to confuse people. So like, say you, you, you start talking about one of your competitors and you like go down that rabbit hole of like, well, we know that this company does this and this and this, cause they're like a publicly traded company. And it's like, okay, but the viewer as a T, you know, as the TV viewer, like they might get lost in this. Cause they're like, I'm watching now I'm looking at my phone. Now I'm watching phone, watching phone and I'm lost. Right. And right. so it's, it's very tricky to like make it so that it, everything kind of make sense like that and that's where right. things that even important things get cut yeah and it's a show so it has to be entertainment I, Ding for that <laughs> so okay so you, you uh, when you came up with your your pitch how like how often were you rehearsing and how did you fit those rehearsals in your already busy you know ethos of a life 
lives. Yeah, I mean, we had definitely re- rehearsals <laughs> um, like late at night, maybe like 11 p.m. after our work day. Um, and we were actually renovating the house at the time, too. So it was just a lot of things going on. Uh, so our, our daytime hours were definitely accounted for, but we definitely had to fit it in and make it happen because we knew we were going to be on national TV. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is a tough part, obviously, is like, you know, you don't really know, them, right? Like you, you interview, you know, exactly. So you're prepared for the, you know, possibility of what may or may not happen. And so, you know, that part is a little bit, uh, you know, different, but, uh, you know, you got to be ready just in case. Yeah. And then if you think about our personalities with throughout this process of doing interviews, like, you know, Keaton is a talker. He's more dominant. So for me, on the other hand, I'm like, OK, I have to talk. I have to speak up and practice doing that because that's not me. <laughs> Naturally, I like to sit and be in the background. So it was definitely uh, a lot of rehearsal for me. <laughs> No, I, I I understand that that dynamic because my wife and I are are pretty much the same. I'm I'm the talker, and she mm-hmm. she's she is when you know when you talk one on one, she's great. But it's when it comes to things like standing up on a stage or you know talking to multiple people, it, it you know she just is like take it. She'll take it or leave it. It's not like you know gravity. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not that we we're too excited about. Right. It's just you know you, either you have to do it or you can't do it at all. <laughs> in that point, I had to do it. So. <laughs> So, okay, so we get to Shark Tank. We're walking down, I always want to say the aisle because it's, 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 we're walking down the, the, the hallway. And, and what, what are we feeling? What are we thinking? What's going through our mind there? I'm ready to go, man. Like I said, it's just, you know, it was game time for me. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. I know what I got to do. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking this is opportunity going to check. You know, honestly, what I was thinking is like, you know, when I walk out of here, my life won't, won't be the same, you know, regardless of the outcome, right? Like, my life would be different forever. And so, you you know, I was just excited and locked in and, and ready to go. Yeah, I would say I was the same. Obviously, there are, you have your nerves and jitters and things like that, but you also know there's no turning back. So it's all or nothing, and you just do your best. And that's what you have to prepare yourself for. Just do your best. Does it Did it throw you off to have to stand there for 10 minutes after, or, or, or I don't know, five minutes or whatever it is? Because you walk out and you have to stand there and wait and, and wait because they're getting all their B-roll shots, right, of, of what's going on. Did that get in your mind at all? Like a, like a kicker, right? Like doing the, the freeze. <laughs> it's funny, man. You know, you've been talking to some people, man. You know, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I oh, I know, I know. You know, you know <laughs> I know what's up, know, man. This is, pu- this is public information, by the way, not just because it's been on my show, but it's also public information. Like if you Google it, like there's lots of, of that yeah. information out there. Yeah, but it, I, I would say I can't, again, without confirming or denying anything. I, I, it's not it's not as low as you, as you, as you, as you say, but um, no, that's not a big deal. I mean, you, you know, obviously you prepare about and you, and you kind of know what, what's going to happen when you get in there. And I do think at that point, that's a good time for, that was a good time for me to take it in. Like, Oh wow, this is a nice set. We're here. Okay, we're about to begin. This is perfect. You know, you just take everything in. And like he said, it's not as long as you said, but you do have time to just appreciate being there in that moment. That yeah. that is cool. I, I just but you know, my first thought is like, I'm pumped, we're ready, we're going, I'm going. And then you get down to the end of the hall and you stand there and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> okay, like I was ready. I'm pumped. <laughs> I get my lines. <laughs> Yeah, no. but and and we see that in the show. We see that where people like they start like, "Hi, I'm Joe," and they got to start over. That's fair. All right, let me let me let me start over again. Okay, hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> you know, and 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 it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely tough. So, 
working working through your 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 uh your numbers and the business model with the sharks um what, what you know what do you, what can you tell me about how you were feeling as the you know as it was progressing yeah i mean i think for us one of the things that we want we had done extensive research on all the sharks right and so one of the things that we weren't as surprised about was kevin hart's uh commentary you know, I think it's important to understand, like with Kevin Hart, like, we, we anticipated that our marketing strategy would be uh, he, w- he would may, may not be the most excited about it. Um, and part of that is because, you know, years ago, Kevin Hart had a, uh, a movie with Sony and there was they had gotten to a debate or there was an issue regarding him posting on his social media for free. And I believe that the issue came down to um, him saying, hey, if you want access to this, this is a separate thing. You don't get access to my social media just because I'm in the movie, right? This is not part of my obligations. And then I, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, Sony had a breach. Um, and so all the emails and everything got out. Yeah. And then all of that correspondence of the executives talking, you know, uh, negatively about him in that calling them greedy and things like that was part of the leaked, e- leaked email. So we had known that going in. And so when Kevin Hart had said, we were hoping, obviously, that he didn't, that it didn't impact him. But when he said it, when he, when his first sort of couple questions, we knew immediately like, okay, he may be out. And again, we were prepared for that. What I would say we probably weren't the most prepared for is just the fact that um, how his um, feedback sort of, you know, in, uh, influenced the other, the other panel of, of people. Now, granted, I still think that I, I know a hundred percent that if we ask for, let's say anywhere between one fifty to two fifty, um, we, we get, probably an offer from four to five sharks. I don't think we would have ever got Kevin um, just practically, again, knowing what his bias was coming in and and, and respecting it and understanding it. Um, But I think that at 150 to 250, we walk out with four offers. I mean, again, being there for the entire time, there was no, and I won't steal your thunder on your questions, but you know, there was no, there was, there was no negative, um, you know, feedback on operations or our business model. The only, and Mark and Lori said it, it it wasn't air, but they said it was, you know, as you know, Joe, the rules of the game are that you cannot get less money than you asked for, right? That's like mm-hmm. the only rule when you walk into the tank. You can, your valuation can get manipulated up and down, right? They could, we asked for 515. They could have said 500, 400, right? They could say, I would buy the whole company. But 500 is a number you have to get if you ask for 500, right? And so for us, that's, that's something that we would have, you know, obviously, like they said, but for the rules of the game, we probably could have got something done, but the rules of the game say we can't give you less money than you asked for. Right. And and even Mark, before he said the, the, you know, you made the fatal shark tank mistake, the, the, the full sentence that he was saying, the full statement was, you know, if we were talking about 125 or something like that, we probably could have got something done, but you guys made the fatal shark tank mistake. So it was like, it was more to that, to that statement. Um, and so for us, that's why we, you see us leave the tank feeling so, excited because especially if you saw the edit of the episode the the company that went right before us right like their their criticism was much more harsh the nasa tire company yeah the right? smart tire company yeah yeah that, that's <laughs> like, that was rough that was really that's rough. who you fear being right like one you fear that experience right that's the experience the experience you're like i don't want to be like that that you know and, and no no disrespect to them i'm sure again the shark tank spec is real they'll do well but i'm just saying when you're preparing you're like i don't want to have that to deal with those types of questions so I thought that our pitch went really, really well. And I know for a fact, um, you know, but for the, the ask, we, we would have walked out of there with four offers. I'm sorry, we walked out of there with what? Four, four offers. 
With four offers. Oh wow. Yeah, I think I think I think I don't think we get Kevin, but I think from the, the tone of the room, I think everybody else could have got an offer for, for sure. Wow. Wow. That I mean that I mean that says a lot, right? To to even have the the feeling that they uh, were positive on what you're doing, how you're doing it. I mean, like, I, and now, now that I'm, I'm recalling, because I didn't have time to watch it, unfortunately, Understood. prior to, to doing this interview. I try, I usually try to, but I, um, family members not life so happens. well and things like that. But yeah, life is happening uh, in real, real time speed. So um, the, the uh yeah the valuation part definitely you know and it is it is a problem in a lot of cases because people ask for just too much money for what the company you know like unless you wanted to give up 100 percent of the company yeah right it, it, you know it becomes it becomes a problem and they're like and they don't necessarily want to take on all the risk either you know mm-hmm. and that's and that's the that's a the, the relationship part of it right is like and i do think what makes it tougher for us being a tech company though is I think there's a reason why um, products typically do the best on Shark Tank, right? Um, because the, the, the economics there are a little bit different. Where when you're a tech company, right? Like, and, and you see all tech companies, right? Like, you, you don't really tie, it's hard to tie how much money you need to grow your business to a, you know, an exact, hey, I'm going to use this money for this, 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 and I'm going to give you this return, right? Like, if you think about the world of tech, tech companies, like, it doesn't like Uber has never been profitable in the history of the company, right? Like, you know, what I mean, they probably worth a hundred billion dollars. That's an extreme example, but I'm just giving you an idea of like tech companies are looked at differently. And so, what you need to build, for instance, and, I, and, and this is one of your commentary, right? Like, for us to build a mobile application, which was we all know we need, the sharks understood that. You're talking about on the low end, a hundred thousand, anywhere between a hundred and three hundred thousand, right? We've talked to development companies, we've gotten quotes on it, so our ass of half a million was like, okay, if we get, if we have to build a mobile application and that costs us $250,000 or 200,000, well then we're back trying to raise money in the next eight months because we still got to do the the marketing that we talked about. We still got to build out, you know, our, our team, right? So like when you think about the ads in, in the context of a Shark Tank space, it seems crazy, right? Because again, most of the companies on Shark Tank that ask for half a million have, you know, over half a million in sales or something like that. But when you think about it in the tech world, if you think about like tech companies, it's, I mean, there are so many tech companies, they get a half a million or a million dollars before they even go to launch, before they sold one, you know, downloaded one mobile app or anything like that. And so for us, I think you have to look at our ass in the, in the context of a tech company, not in the context of a product company, which is typically what you see on Shark Tank. I think those are two different spaces. No, hundred percent. And this has come up in the in the comments before talking about like down rounds. And I actually want to do a video on this because I don't feel the same way that some people do about the down round when the down round is a shark is <laughs> a shark right. that went that went out to ABC. And right. and to to your point, these are all things that the sharks would have said to you if you had come in asking for one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars because they would right. have said, "Well, you're going to need more money because that app is going to cost you probably bare minimum a hundred thousand dollars to get to get started." Exactly. Right? So not and we said this though High the team and the increase that you are also looking for out of the three. I wrote I wrote that part down in, the, in my notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're trying to we're trying to do actual marketing, right? right. Um, so that was one part of it. And again, we said if we could do it again for sure we would have still asked for less money and just figured out how to make it work later. Right. Like, I think that's where we could have been more savvy. We would have just said, Hey, we probably need a half a million to, to make things happen. But, but, you know, cause, cause there's two strategies, right? Like 
Do you go in to get a deal or do you go in to actually get what your company needs, right? And I think that our mindset was to go in and actually get the resources that our company needs to grow. And I think if we could change it, our strategy probably would have been, let's go in to get a deal, right? Like, let's ask for a number that we know for sure we could get and walk out of there with a deal and figure the rest out. And I think any other future, uh, you know, Shark Tank entrepreneur that's watching this, I think that's the question you got to ask yourself is, I, I think the, the most savvy move is to ask for a number that you know for sure you can get a deal on, not necessarily the amount of money that you know you need. Because the Shark Tank effect, the the million dollars of free marketing and stuff that you get, you can build, you can figure the other things out at a later point. But I think asking for what you know you need to build your business, I think practically is just not a it's not good gamesmanship, right? It's not a real because I think that's the part that you have to factor into this is is gamesmanship. And I think our gamesmanship could have been a little bit better. We asked for what we know we could deliver on and what we could deliver a great return on. But our gamesmanship was off and that we should have said, we know for a fact we can get 150 or 200,000. Let's set that number and figure the rest out later. Yeah. I mean, that's one. I mean, that, it's a strategy, right? And it's, it's yes. the hope, you know, and, and I get it. Cause it's also like potentially your one shot just cause somebody invests with you. Doesn't mean exactly. they're willing to, okay. You know, it doesn't happen every time. They're like, Oh yeah, I will fund all the POs and make everything right, happen right. for you. Like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, well let's, let's see. Like, let's, let's get, the, let's get through this first. And, yes. and to go back to, well, two things to go back to one uh, to the whole, uh, the tech companies to finish my thought on the tech. Yeah, company, absolutely. It's because it's scalable at an incredible rate than like making this cup and shipping exactly. this cup and like getting buddy to buy this cup, right? It's the, the scalability is, is, I don't want to say endless, but it's like virtually in air quotes, endless. You, right. you know, you can reach so many more people, it does, you know, server space, server storage, bandwidth and all those things are scalable things that are done every single day of every single year all over the planet. So it's not like it's a hard thing to do to be able to scale up and, and, and make that happen or scale back when needed right, exactly. uh, to reduce costs. So that's why tech companies can be valued at that. Not be just because, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just different than a physical product. Exactly. And, and that was my point. Again, the vast majority of what you see on Shark Tank are physical products, right? Like, and I do think that um, I do think that that's something that other future Shark Tank, uh, you know, companies should think about is if you're a tech company, I think you do have to approach it differently. And again, like I said, I think if you look at our ads in the context of traditional tech investing, I think it is a totally normal, you know, sort of ask. But I think uh, in, in this in this uh, process, we should have, uh, you know, approached that differently. And I think the second part, too, is um, and I don't know if you're going to get to this, Joe, but we may Keontae talk about this, too. It's like, you know, we did think that. Um, there would have been much more appreciation for our savviness regarding how we market our company as well. I mean, if you think about this, let me ask you this question. Like, if you're a company in our position, you have no prior connections to Hollywood, right? You don't have, you have limited access to capital because you're bootstrapping and you got to figure out, okay, I want to sell celebrity meet and greets. I don't have money for marketing, right? I have limited connect. Like what is your other strategy to market and promote your business other than saying, if I can get this celebrity who has, 10 million followers to post on their social media, you know, and I don't have to pay them for it. Right. Like to me, if I was in that seat, I would say that's extremely savvy. And that's how, and, and that's, that's what I look for in an entrepreneur who knows how to take limited resources and maximize it. Right. And so for us, I would say that that's one of the things that we, we, we were more surprised about that didn't get sort of um, respected enough, which is, was, you know, it, like I said, and I think part of it was just the 
Kevin Hart's, you know, um, biases, I think that just sort of, you know, spoiled the pool a little bit. But I do think that we were shocked about that. It was like, what else would you, in our position, like what other options do you have? You'd have to have the money to do advertising and, and promotion. That engine that Kevin Hart talks about is not, is not free, right? That engine comes with, you have to have resources to do that. Um, and so for us, it was like, well, if we want to be lean and we want to start promoting tomorrow, the easiest way is to hit our celebrities and say, hey, can you post this? For-? And here's the thing, Joe. If, if you post right now, Joe, for us, and, and let's say your post makes $100,000, $75,000 of that goes to you. You make three times what we make, right? So it's not like this is some like con game where we're like post for free and give us free promotion. It's like, actually, if anything is generated off of that, you get the vast majority of it, right? And the reality of it is, Joe, if I want to get you more bookings for your page, I can run a million dollars for Instagram and Facebook ads. But ultimately, the people that I'm trying to get to are the people that follow you, right? Like those, those are the people I'm trying to get to, the people that are self-selected to follow your content, to engage with your content. So no matter how many ads I run to, the ultimate target market that I'm trying to get to are those people. And so that's how we sell it because it's the truth. If I want to make the most money for you, Joe, I'm going to go to your followers and I can run ads all I want, but they're already there. And I'm telling you, hey, you post, 75% of the money goes to you. So again, it's not as crazy. I just think it's different from what you typically see, uh, obviously, on Shark Tank. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with that. At all. I mean, any anything that I would recommend that isn't go and uh, start running Facebook ads and dumping money in that pit. Uh, <laughs> it's a pick that can work. Don't get me wrong. I've done yeah. it. it. It works. But it's a it's a it's a it's a faster than a slow burn right. it would be a slow burn of let's let's build the following. Right. Let's get let's get a podcast going. Let's get a let's get video going. Let's start doing that. And and, and I, I mean, I can connect you uh, with a good friend of mine. Uh, of the show, he's actually done one Biz Coach Reacts video with me back in back. Wait, you know, it's almost a year ago now. Uh, <laughs> Brett Allen, but he he does that's what he does. He interviews celebrities, and he you know he makes that happen. So um, and gets in with those booking agents and things like that. Now I, yeah. but that that took him, I want to say like three, two to three years before he like really owned the fact that he was a pop culture celebrity based interview show you know he did a lot of other interviews and things you know cutting his teeth before he got there so like for you guys to be able to go as fast you know as you did that i mean that's that says a lot like that says a lot right to the hustle to the um to the likability of both of you the trustability of both of you and all like all that. So yeah, those would be the things that I would say. So you're not like you're gonna have some upfront costs. You gotta get a microphone, even a, a webcam or something, and then you yeah. gotta get good at talking on camera and you gotta yeah. actually get people to like you. I mean, look, I you know, I could talk today as a as as you know, here on the show, but like I've been creating content since I was 10, blogging since I was 10 in 96, right? And I started podcasting in 2014. So it's already eight years later that I, to be able to even have this conversation on camera and on a microphone and sound the way that I do it, which isn't even that good really, but <laughs> it's good enough to get, to get you to, to, to reach out and come on the show. <laughs> um, to go back to, uh, to Kevin Hart and his deal. I, I do want to say, I, I vaguely remember the, so, like the Sony leak, uh, you know, that, um, but the thing that stands out, to me though about that and this goes for anybody any entrepreneurs any any like could you say that again 
No, I can't say it again because you <laughs> woke up, Siri. Uh, is if you like, if the only way I I, I definitely agree with with, uh, with Kevin Hart on his stance on that, and the reason being is is he didn't get selected by Sony, right? To be like, you're going to be the new it guy, right? Like you were nobody before. Like you, we literally saw you on the street. <laughs> the great story, like um, Terminator 2, the kid in Terminator 2, he was a nobody. Literally kid that, that uh, James Cameron found in, a, in an arcade, right? Yeah. He nobody. He made that part with right. him in mind, right? So that kind of thing is like if Sony was like, hey, you know, if this was the forties the again and you have the contract where it's like, we're going to own your contract. You can't do any movies, any TV shows, nothing with anybody else because we own your contract. That to me is a different story than like yeah. Kevin Hart grinded his face off. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to ever listened to his book. His of course. Is for, I mean, it's, incre- it's incredible. Right. And it speaks to every person that's grinded the heck out of something that everyone else was like, yeah, that's nice, but like, are you really going to make any money at that? Are you really going to be able to do anything with it? And it, and it, it, you know, it's it's you should go totally go after this. Go listen to it. Um, so yeah, so I I agree uh, with Kevin completely on that, and un- and understand like, you know, and for for a bunch of rich execs to sit around and snub their nose at at somebody that they didn't make, they didn't. Make oh no, him, no, quite no, and we agree right? with them. With them, we thought you know his that we thought it, it made total sense, right? And. And and that was the point. Like we were like, look, we understand this point, and I don't think this point was wrong. But we also understood how that would be a potential issue for our pitch, right? And that and that just kind of was our research. Like we understood his position, and even when I remember when it happened vaguely, and I and I agreed with him, right? And I understood what he meant. And he went on Breakfast Club and he talked about it, you know, things like that. So we agreed with his stance, but we knew like that would be a problem for us in our pitch. Yeah, and then even like with our marketing efforts, this is nothing that we want to do you know, for the long haul, this is just what we knew to do and what we had the resources to do at that point. So we do agree with Kevin Hart. Like we don't want to just use our talent to just market. Like eventually, obviously we want to have our own marketing efforts and that's what we're doing now, working on that. Right. Cause I mean, otherwise you get to that race to the bottom. Cause someone else is going to be like, well, I can do what they do and I'll give you 80%. And then someone will be like, well, I'll give you 85%. Well, I'll yeah. give you 90%. I'll work on 5%. Like, just, yeah, but I'll be honest, home. Joe, if, if I'm going to be real here, I did. Yeah, go ahead. That, that comment uh, from Kevin Hart, I did think was, you know, a little unfair, right? The idea of like, so when someone else comes along and bigger, like, you could literally say that about every, every startup, every company in the world that isn't a Fortune 500 company, right? Every company that comes on there selling cupcakes or like, why doesn't Kraft do that? Why doesn't Sarah Lee do like, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or whatever the case is, right? Or why doesn't Walmart take this idea or, or the company with the finger thing? Like, why doesn't whomever take it, right? Like, you can literally say that about every industry. There always could be a bigger player that has more resource, that has more money. The reality of it is how most companies operate is that they don't. It's, hey, I'll let, I really let the small guy figure it out, work out the kinks, whatever, and then I'll just acquire you, right? But that's just not how big businesses work. And so in, in this space, it may be a little bit different. I understand that. But, you know, for us, like Cameo is already in the space, right? Cameo does, they started doing video chats July of 2020, mm-hmm. right? Like three months after we operated. July of 2020 was our best best month that we've had in the company probably prior to what this month will look like, right? So, like, we've seen zero impact from Cameo being in our space, and they have, they're literally, his definition of a nightmare was Cameo, 
right? Which is a bigger company that has established connections, that has the branding, has the agents, all that, and they can wipe you out. But again, the only impact to our business negatively has been restrictions opening back up, right? That's been the, right. the only thing that's really hurt our business is the easing of the of the pandemic. But Cameo has been, uh, and, I, and I mean this respectfully because we respect what they, we're both out of Chicago. We respect what they built. They created this industry and you got to give them credit for it. But I'm just saying- Cameo's from Chicago? I'm yeah. Sorry, I didn't oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, they're a, camp, they're a Chicago company okay. and, and we loosely know Steve. We met with him before and things like that. So like, but my point is like, Steve Delance is the CEO there. Like, we respect what they've done. Like, they, they have, as, as I told people, the boogeyman came in and wasn't that scary. And what I meant was like, when we started the company, our- fear was that hey what if cameo jumps in our end like what happens to us they came and it didn't impact our business at all actually 90 percent of our talent are also on cameo and 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 they do both because you got to think about this joe there we don't sign our, no nobody on cameo on our platform signs signs contracts there's no exclusivity so if you're a talent there's really no incentive for you to only be on just cameo or just another platform right like you think you, you talk about Maya, who's our number one talent and, and does amazing for us She's probably on five or six plat- platforms total, which we're fine with. Like, why wouldn't you monopolize that for yourself? And then at the end of the day, you know, whatever platform, you know, generates you money, then you go with go with that one. So for us, that's why I think Cameo hasn't really been an issue for us, because our talent will just be on both. You know, and, and that, that's what we see. Ninety percent of our talent are on both. And, and frankly, yeah. they tell, they'll tell you that we do the meet and greet segment better because our meet and greets are monitored. So that's one thing that. We do that separates us from our competition. Every one of our meeting greets is monitored. So, and the second piece is this: we our celebrities don't have a login on our platform. So we tell people, and then I ask this question, Joe: If you're a celebrity, this is how this is how our pitch goes. Look, I say, when you do in-person meeting greets, uh, are you the person processing payments? Let's let's go with the skit, Joe. No, go ahead. No. Okay. Are I you don't know anything people, about that? <laughs> are you escorting people in and out of the room? Uh, no. Okay. Are you the one that, that, that coordinated the meeting greet? No. And we say, so why should you do this in a virtual format? Right. And that's how I pitch our celebrities. You don't have a login because at the end of the day, you're talking about people who have agents, managers, assistants, right? They, I don't want you to have to log in and keep track of all your bookings and which ones expired. And which, we manage that entire process for them. We consider ourselves an extension of their team. When they have bookings, that's what we do. We do exactly what their managers do. We call them. We email them, we text with them, right? Like that's what we do. We have a team, an offshore team that manages that process. And that's how we work with our talent. But we're not telling you, hey, here's a login, go manage your 10,000 bookings and keep track of that. So those two things alone make us different. All of our calls are monitored. So a celebrity is never on there with somebody that they never met or, or, you know, or gets awkward. They don't have to manage the time of the meeting. They don't have to say, oh, the, our, our, I call this our Steve Jobs thing, right? Our Steve Jobs moment, Joe, is that we never want a celebrity to have to tell a fan they have to go. That's simple. That's our Steve Jobs thing. Like, you know, Steve Jobs was known for being obsessive about, like, the small details. Our Steve Jobs moment, we never want a celebrity to have to say, sorry, your time is up. I got to go. So primarily for, like, for safety reasons, just no awkwardness, right? And two, because we, for timing, all of our mean grades will always be monitored. We will always have somebody on there to say, hey, unfortunately, Joe has to go. Thank you so much for booking. Um, you got have a great day, right? They're never the bad guy. They're never going to be the bad guy on our platform. And two, they don't have a login. They never have to worry about managing that process. They can literally sign up and everything. They can go about their lives. And we call them and text them or email them when they have bookings. So all that is awesome. I, I wish that would have came through a, 
like some i think some of that came well some of that came through because i was talking about like automating at least the booking yeah. you know the time finding process but um but the but the the other thing that you guys have that that cameo doesn't have is both of you right and that's that is i mean that that's a lot like cameo is not going to have you guys and that speaks volumes so that's one of the reasons why you know a podcast a plat building your own platform building their own mark now especially now that you already have sales to prove the platform i mean that's what a lot of people don't have out of the gate right they're like oh well you know if i if i do this i do the podcast and and i can like get through it but the problem is is unless you're getting sales it's hard to justify the time you guys already got the sales now it's like okay now let's figure out the the engine to to make it because both of what you have is is special right and 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 it's unique to you that no one else can replicate and that is what i think a lot of entrepreneurs have to remember is that it doesn't matter if somebody else has the the finger i mean my finger chopsticks i think will be here tomorrow tomorrow (laughs) i can't wait to try i don't want to snack i i mentioned it in the video like i will just literally here and just eat and eat but I, i can eat my dinner at least you know that i would normally eat with those chopsticks um and i'm looking forward to trying them out but you know, it's the, it's the people behind it. It's the story behind it. And I mean, there's a lot of companies that have gotten big from those stories, right. From being those people. I mean, Walt Disney's one of the biggest ones. Apple was Steve jobs and Steve Wozniak, right. The lore writes itself. Um, but it's, 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 it actually is really important. It's more important than I think people a lot of times realize how, you know, how important that is. I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, Go back on something you said, you know, as well, real quick point. Like, I remember, I think you mentioned on your video, you talked about like maybe using like a Calendly or something like that. And I think, and I think we, we explored that heavily going in, but I think once you work with celebrities long enough, you realize that that, that solution would never work because the idea that some, you know, super busy celebrity is going to go in here, you know, update their availability. But even in that case, like you believe it or not, the agents don't want to do that kind of stuff. Like, like, like I said, all these people are not going to, they're not, they're not trying to update a calendly, you know, every week and availability is off. And, you know, and you think about like we have talent and their, and their schedules are just too fluid, right? Like, you know, you may say I'm good to go on Friday at five and then they get a concert and all this. And like the last thing that they're thinking about is, Oh, I got to update my candy calendar to make sure it's accurate. Right. Like we have celebrities a day of that are like, Oh, I totally forgot about this. Like, and then we're like, we talked to you yesterday. And they're like, yeah, I totally forgot. I got this thing going on. I got to film at five. And so, exactly. So the idea that they, we, we explored it. We thought it was a great idea. And, and that's how Cameo at least test run it, test ran their, 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 um, their, their meeting grease was using Calendly. But again, they quickly moved from that because it's just long-term celebrities aren't going to, you know, manage that type of um, booking flow. But the, but the second thing too, is I think, I do think that, I got to be fair. I'm always going to keep it real here, right, Joe? So, I, so I'll give Please you another hot take, hot take from me. I do think that the idea that investors invest in founders a little bit more than they invest in business, I think it's overblown. I'm just being, I'm just being fair. Um, we've been in a million pitch meetings for Candy and for other, and our other business speakers. We've watched Shark Tank a thousand times. I think the story is cool, but I think that as you're an entrepreneur, you feel like it's like 70-30 or 60-40, like you is 60%, the idea is 40%. Or you, you know, 70%, the idea is 30%. I think it's 20. I think it's 28. I think you get you the 20 to 30%. I think the business is 70 to 80%. And I and so I do want businesses, entrepreneurs that watch this, that aspire to pitch to investors, whatever, don't, don't, don't drink that Kool-Aid. This is my opinion personally. 
I think it's so overblown because I think you'll walk out of, of meeting the same man. Again, if you look at me and Keontae and what we've done, you would think, man, like if it's 60-40 or 70-30, we would be good, right? But it, it, and frankly, we were. We Again, I think we screwed ourselves asking for too much money. But I do think that um, that is overblown to entrepreneurs. Like they invested in you over the company. And I think um, what was the pitch we just watched earlier? The uh, the wellness company. Oh, the uh, Liberate. Liberate. I think that entrepreneur was, was saying the same thing. She was like, I thought, you know, you invest in people. You guys like me. And it's like, I think entrepreneurs have been sold that. And I don't think that's true. The The reality of it is, is I think it's 80, 20 to 30 percent is your, is you. The other 70, the vast majority is your company or your business. No, no, I don't think entrepreneurs like investors are going to say, well, I love you so much. And it's not quite figured out or, you know, it's not quite there, but I know you'll figure it out. They're going to say, you'll figure it out. Have a yeah, no deal. Right. Like uh, I'm out, but you'll figure it out. Right. And like, so I think um, I, I just always like try to caveat that because I've just been to too many of these investor meetings. Where I'm like. That ain't the case. It's 20 to 30%. But I think if you ask the average entrepreneur and maybe ask the next one you interview, like what percentage they think it is, I guarantee you most people think it's like bigger than it is. Your story is only a little piece of that. The next one I'm interviewing is the Black Sands Entertainment later tonight. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to well, that one. not a good uh, question to ask them. I mean, obviously they crushed it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they did. They did. And I don't feel like their background story mattered as much. But exactly. I, you know what it is? I think people look at the, the – the, there's, a, there's a couple of instances in Shark Tank history where that was like, look, I, I'm going to invest. Now, when they do that, yeah. little little secret – they're asking for a lot less money than a half a million dollars, right? It's like, I want like 40 grand, you know? It's like, I'm going to spend 40 grand in like lunch this week. Are you kidding me? Like, sure. That was my point. That's what I said that we failed. And I think we didn't fail at all. I mean, like I said, bookings is up. Uh, Everything is up, right? But uh, that's what I was saying earlier. I think the gamesmanship from us could have been better. And I think that that's a question that every entrepreneur has to ask himself who wants to be on Shark Tank is, do you ask for what you think your business really needs or do you ask for enough to get a deal done? And I think practically speaking, being frankly, you got to ask for a number that gets the deal done. And I think that you got to figure the rest out after the show, right? Like after the show airs, you can figure out how to actually get the other money you need. Cause if you get a deal and you get to air, the rest of that stuff will figure itself out, right? Your bookings will go through the roof. You have enough money to do all this other stuff. Um, and that's something that, again, if we can change only that thing, it would be that we would ask for less money, from a gamemanship perspective, just to get it, even if it was a hundred thousand, we knew the only thing we could do is build an app. Well, but the show, the positive press, the partnership with the shark, all of that could have made up for whatever else we needed. Yeah. And to go back to what I was saying about, you know, it being unique to you, that's not necessarily just, in, I'm talking investor speak. I'm talking about yeah. for customers. I'm talking about yeah. the experience at the, that, you know, your clients, the, the um, celebrities or your inventory gets with you, right? That's you. And, and that's something huge that, uh, you know, to, because Kevin Howard's on the show, you know, in his books talked about like, look, I show up, I'm, I'm there early, I'm there late, I'm doing everything, I'm making sure everybody's having a good time and, and, and there and I want my positivity to flow through everything because if they're not having a good time, I'm not having a good time, then nobody's having a good time, right? And, and that's the thing that, you know, by having that podcast, by having that platform, by having that blog, by having that video series, why, you know, uh, is another way to interact on the customer end yeah. and get them to be like, you know what? I could go buy this on Cameo. 
But uh, they, they, you know, these two, they're doing the interviews. They're they're putting in the work. I get to know some of their stories sprinkled in across all these this series, and I get sucked yeah. into and all that. And those are the kinds of things where it's like you got you're going to build a customer for life, no matter what you're selling, you know, because they're going to be like, I'm invested in them, right? Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. And to piggyback off of that, uh, I was working with a customer yesterday, and she was just so shocked that I even took the time to help her. She was an older customer, but she had purchased like five bookings, and she couldn't work Zoom. So it's like, whoa. So I had to take the time out, you know, to make sure that she was understanding what buttons to select and things like that. Because we assume everybody's accustomed to that platform or use it once in their lifetime because of the pandemic, but that's not always the case. And she was just so shocked. She's like, I can't believe you're actually helping me. I'm like, well, of course I want to help you, <laughs> you know? And, th- and she was just like, you know, I'll come back. I, I promise I'll come back. So that's something that we yeah, we're seeing that. We- and we do have a blog on our website currently, um, you know, and, and, and we've, we've talked about launching the Candy Podcast. Uh, and so that's something that, you know, we started with the blog. We want to build that out and, and continue to, you know, drop content. It's, it's, it's a new offering. It's not, we probably got like five or six posts up. And then, you know, I, I, for sure that the podcast idea is something that we've uh, totally talked about so many times before. Got we a do great think- set for it. Thank you. This is actually, this is Keontae's podcast. <laughs> the Go oh, Best Friend Podcast. She launched that uh, the same night as Shark Tank. Her and her best friend talking, uh, talking uh, girl talk and everything. Uh, yeah, everything that he's saying is true. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out on YouTube. Check it out on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Go Best Friend Podcast. It's awesome. It's, it's, yeah. I will I will definitely be linking that maybe down below. You, maybe you have Joe on the show to talk about entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And knucklehead oh, husband. He sounds like he's a knucklehead husband, too. Yeah. I am. I can bring my wife. I mean, uh, she might come on. I don't. I don't know. She. She's. A little, she's more camera shy than I am. But if it's an opportunity to talk bad about me, then you know she's. She's over to critique me. I guess. Maybe to work uh, something out, huh? Everybody. Yeah, I can talk to her about it. You know, we are best friends and all. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, is there anything else that you want to to fill us in on that's happened since Shark Tank? I mean, you you've done a pretty good job so far. But was there any other things since being on Shark Tank? Uh, that's happened or that you feel, you know, other entrepreneurs should know or look out for? The amount, so I would say for me, two couple things. One, the Shark Tank effect is real, just the reality. Like the, the I think we had, the moment we walked out of the tank and said, you know, we're candy, I think we had like 10,000 hits, people on our site, like within, yeah, like, like within that, like 10 seconds, right? So the Shark Tank effect is real. Um, and another thing I would say too is that, like we've had so many offers for like we've, investors have come out of like the back bushes underneath the bed, <laughs> the left to right. So, you know, that's, that's been awesome. Uh, and been partnerships, right? So many businesses, you know, and that's, a, you know, obviously you have to weed through that stuff, right? Like some of that stuff is, is people just wanting to, you know, send emails and see if they can get you to respond. But some of that stuff is valid. And so we've had some conversations with about some partnerships. So stay tuned for that type of stuff. And then like I said, these investment conversations, we've even had uh, people try to acquire us uh, already. So it's just been a, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy, like what, less than a week uh, yeah. already, which is, is unbelievable. I know it's, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, and then also, can you talk about what you, you have? Yeah, so uh, in, in connection, you know, with that, obviously, leading up to the show, like, we get a ton of people always asking us about how to start a business. Or how did you build a company? So I, I wrote an ebook. I wrote, I have a list of over 7,500 celebrity and influencer booking emails. The same emails that I used to recruit over 350 celebrities to Candy. I'm helping other businesses. You want to reach out to celebrities, get them to promote your business? Like, we're not trying to hold the sauce. 
I'm giving you that list. You can purchase that list on my website, keithandhedrick.com. You can get a list of over 7,500 celebrity influencer booking emails to help you promote your business. You can get my ebook to learn how we build candy from scratch with no prior connections to Hollywood. Um, and I'm also giving you a celebrity email guide. So I'm teaching you exactly what to say to celebrities to get them to partner with you, promote your products. And I'm giving you the exact template that we've used, that we used to get our first, uh, you know, 200 or so uh, influencers. I'm giving you that exact template and I'm giving you a template to use. So uh, we put together all these products to be able to help other businesses, uh, you know, create and, and grow their business. I love that. Where can people go and get that? www.keithandhedrick.com. K-E-I-T-H-A-N-H-E-D-R-I-C-K. I love it. I love it. That you know, I I I truly do believe in the we grow together uh, mantra, uh, and and the whole competition thing is. Look, we need competition to be able to create better things. Uh, yep. But at the end of the day, you know, having putting somebody else out of business isn't necessarily helping you because you, you don't have to get any better and and all that. And that's not helping the customer. So no, uh, no I, I said one thing for you. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. I mean, the last thing I would say is in my book, I talk about that, right? Like how. I think that if you are an entrepreneur who's ever Googled a business idea, saw that there's another company that did it and you stopped doing it, I think you made a mistake. I think that having competitors in your industry is one of the best signs of success for long term. And I'll talk about that in the book, but I think the biggest piece that I'll say and I'll, I'll end here is that it allows you to prove that a, a market exists for a product or a service without having to spend the money to validate it. And I think, again, I'll, I'll end it this to say, that's what we do give credit for Cameo is that they created this space. They showed us that customers would pay to interact with celebrities. They built that industry and they allowed, they opened up the door and allowed us to be able to create our business. And I think what I'm teaching in my book and is important for other entrepreneurs is how to leverage your competitors in your space to save yourself a ton of money doing customer discovery. The you know the the proof thing is is huge right and and that's something um, I've I've come up against in the past right like I, I started my independent podcast conference back when it was called the Middleland Podcast Conference there always was already podcast conferences out there not too many at the time back in 2014 but there was uh, one big one quote unquote big one at the time it got it grew a lot bigger but there's always room for a boutique one because people like a smaller more intimate experience than. 2000 people at a, at a conference, right. With a ton of rooms to go in. And, and even, um, when I went back to my family's business, uh, in 2018 to build out a franchisable model of our, our truck repair shop, there was only one other company that we could find that had a franchise model of heavy duty truck repair. Mm. And, and I'm like, but that's the, somebody actually did it. and was successful. At it. It's not like, Oh, a bunch of people tried this and they all failed. So what makes right. you think Joe, that you could like, you know, super wave your wand and make it happen. Like, well, first of all, I still think I could, uh, but yep. at least there's proof that you know, they, these people have like 10 exactly. locations. Like they did it. Right. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, it can work. Um, and, and, and things like that. So yeah, don't get discouraged. I absolutely, absolutely love it. And uh, Kianto, any final thoughts on you and where can people get your podcast? Uh, yeah. So you can find our <laughs> podcast. We recorded it. It's on YouTube. It's called uh, Go Best Friend Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast from. We're on there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for both of you taking the time today to come and, and, and be here on, on the uh, Super Joe Pardo channel. Uh, it, it's, it's an honor to have both of you here. I, it, seriously, it's, it's an honor to have both of you here. Thank Appreciate you. that. Thank Appreciate you, Joe. It. 
You are so welcome. And if you've enjoyed this video, uh, maybe you'll enjoy one of these other videos that we did uh, that I'll link somewhere around here. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing day. Go be super and take care.